Hello and welcome back to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick Bykowskis broadcasting this episode number three from St. Louis, Missouri at the Dominican Priory, St. Dominic's. And this is a week of some really good saints. We celebrated Maria Faustina this week and Raymond of Capua, who's a Dominican saint. Today we celebrated St. Bruno. Tomorrow is the Feast of Holy Rosary, a very important feast day for Dominicans. And one of the things that I was reminded of, now this will be broadcasting on Friday and I'm taping this on the Feast of St. Bruno on Tuesday, but there was a feast day of St. Bruno's I particularly remember, and I'm surprised that one of the students remembered. It was about 10 years ago. I was at Purdue, St. Thomas Aquinas. We had a Bible study group. It's called CROSS, which is an acronym meaning Catholics Reflecting on Sacred Scripture. I went blank there for a second. We would meet every Thursday, and it was run by the students. I was or there as an observer, and I enjoyed it very much. It started off as a pretty small group. There was three very faithful young men who started it and led it, Bernabe Davila, David Violi, and Jacob George. The first two are now priests, and the third one is in seminary. It tells you something about these young men. And... It grew substantially that year. It didn't have anything to do with me, I'm sure. But we would also go to dinner afterwards. That was my favorite part, I think. And I think it speaks well of the importance and the reason why Jesus put such emphasis on table fellowship. Well, we would typically go to one of the dining courts on campus, but this one particular day happened to be the Feast of St. Bruno. So one of the students said, oh, Father, can't we go to Bruno's restaurant instead, which was a local pizza place in town. That's not really giving it justice because they had a lot of good food, but they were certainly famous for their pizza and their dough balls. And I said, that would be an excellent idea. Let's go to Bruno's. So we did. And on the way there, I told them this story. When I was a kid... My dad, now I think for Europeans especially, Italians, Spaniards, clearly Lithuanians, my, my dad is a, was a Lithuanian by origin, feast days are kind of a big deal. And I don't, I've, I don't know where my dad got this, but on our name days, our feast days, he would twist our ear really hard and when he did that, I really didn't like it. But now, of course, with my dad gone, I would give anything to have my dad twist my ear. So that was a custom. You know, it was almost like you would go to dad. And I'm, uh, so on the Feast of St. Patrick, I'd go and dad would twist my ear. So I'm telling him this story. And I walk into the restaurant and everybody calls him Bruno. His name is actually Orlando, but his father's name was Bruno and his, the namesake of the restaurant. And so I, he's a huge guy, very happy, jolly sort of person, runs the restaurant, and he cooks all the time. He throws pizza pies. 
And so we walk in and I said, hey, Bruno, do you know it's the Feast of St. Bruno today? He says, oh, my goodness. Now, this is like three minutes after I tell the students this story. Oh, my goodness, Father, do you know that on my feast day, my father used to twist my ear? (laughs) Really, it floored me. And so then he says, Father, would you twist my ear? And I said, oh, my goodness, Bruno, would I? And so that's what I did to remind him of his dad and his feast day. So, well, going back, I'd left off on finishing up at junior high school and going into high school. But something about my faith happened in that interregnum there between junior high and and, uh, high school. My best friend, Tommy Tarquino, who I've mentioned in previous episodes, he and I had got it into our head that we should go to seminary. Now, back then, there were minor seminaries. I don't know that that they exist at all right now, but there was a couple of them in Chicago, Quigley North and Quigley South, and there was one over on the west side in Crystal Lake. And that's where we decided we wanted to go. As an aside, it's interesting because that's, the seminary where Bishop Doherty of the Diocese of Lafayette attended. We would have been, I would have been one year behind him, I think. Anyway, we had got it in our heads that we wanted to go to seminary. How we came up with that, I don't know. I, I, we were, I considered myself a pretty faithful young man. Clearly something was stirring in me, and I can't even recall. I didn't keep a journal back then, so I don't know exactly what all was going through me. We didn't have religious sisters. We had both Tommy and our public public school kids, so we didn't have any of the friars, the Franciscan friars at the church, because we did have a school there, Mount Carmel School, but both of us went to public school. Nobody was sort of beating the drums for us to go into seminary, but that's clearly what we were thinking and so we both went to our parents and our mothers were the spokespersons apparently and they both said the same thing absolutely not you're not going to seminary my mother said it's not for the Italian boys it's for the Irish boys now here again we're as American as anybody else but we sort of clung on to this ethnicity. So anyway, I didn't go. Tommy didn't go. And it was probably a good idea. There was just no way that we were ready to do that. So freshman year started. We went up to Cretemone High School from the junior high. And it was exciting, of course, to, to be in high school. Not really new people now. So often you would expect going to high school because we had been with this group in junior high school. So pretty much the same people. But I did start to feel the initial stages of wanting to run for elected office. And so very early in our term as freshmen, well, whatever grade it was, you would there would be class elections. And after this crushing defeat, well, it really wasn't crushing, but Dan Taylor beat me anyway, and I think it was rather soundly um, determined. I decided to run for class president. I have no recollection who I ran against. I'm sure I had competition. I remember making big signs, really big signs. And so by my name being so long, they would like stretch across the whole cafeteria. And I won. I don't know 
what my platform was, but I worked very hard at it, the election that is, and maybe that's what, what carried me, that I was a hard worker. So when you're, when you're a class president, in our high school at least, the, the thing is that you put on events, fundraisers especially, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but you're also responsible for doing things like building the float, the homecoming float. And this is something of which I have very fond memories. Now, some of you won't know what this reference is, but it always kind of felt like me to me like Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland getting together and saying, let's put on a school musical. And we would all get together and we would come up with an idea. And I'm going to tell you about some of these ideas because I think they're still pretty darn good. And then we would have to find a barn. And it wasn't like, boy, when we were in, even in Lafayette, where are we going to find a barn if we wanted to have a, a dance? It was, whose barn will we use this year? Because there were so many barns to choose from living in a town like Crete. I think we did it in a different barn every year we made it. So we had a, a, a new teacher there at, high, at the Crete Money High School. His name was Roderick Grover Clark III. I was always very impressed by his name. We, his friends called him Scooter, and I call him Scooter now. He's still a friend after more than 50 years. And boy, he had all these great ideas for us. And so I don't remember the order, but I do remember that three years in a row, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, our floats won, and they deserved it. They were always very impressive. We had one that was called Whalem to Defeat, and we, we created, of course, everything's made out of chicken wire and tissue paper, this huge whale with the opposition's legs and feet sticking out, uh, so get the pun, whale them to defeat. And then one year it was, let's, I think it's called let's, I, let's Ice Them to Defeat or something like that. And there was this big ice cube with a cardinal in it. That was the mascot of the other team. That doesn't really do it justice. But one of them that was really good because it was a moving moving float was we will, we will be heading for victory. And it was a, a warrior chopping with an axe, of course, totally politically incorrect, chopping with an axe the head off of the mascot of the opposing team. But they were such fun times. We would spend days and days and days on that. We would go into the um, out to the farm, wherever it was, and, and spend all these evenings putting them together and then, of course, uh, having them in the float. I, I remember freshman year, especially, I think, for some just really fine teachers that we had. There was one uh, in particular, Mary Ellen Walsh, who was our high school English teacher. I think we were all so very fond of her. And it was her very first year of teaching. So, you know, she wasn't really all that much older than us. And I it became startled, startlingly uh, real to me when I saw her at a reunion just a few years ago, she came. She, we, we usually invite our teachers. And golly, she just, she didn't look very much older than me. And we had uh, a wonderful visit. Everybody loved her. And there was G.E. There Smith, another English teacher. Mr. Campbell, who was our ancient history teacher, who would walk around. He was very intimidating. He had three or four silver dollars. He would always be 
sort of clicking them in his hands, walking up behind us during our tests, making us all nervous. Uh, I Mrs. Sokol was my Spanish teacher. My that was the my first year I took Spanish every year. Anyway, fond memories of many of our teachers. One of the things that we did as a as a fundraiser, pretty extraordinary. We had this. It was the first year of the Crete Moni Fighting Warrior Dome. This now this was amazing. We had the largest. Not we weren't a very big school. We had eleven, twelve hundred people, I think, in the high school total. But we had the largest high school gymnasium in the state of Illinois, and it was this this dome. I mean, it was an incredible structure. And it was kind of a landmark, and we were so darn proud of that thing. And so this is 1966-67. It was my freshman year. Well, for any of you who are around... Oh, so let me... Wait, let me back up a little bit. So one of the fundraisers that we had, very proud of this, is that we were able to get the Carlem Globetrotters to come and to play at the at the, the Fighting Warrior Dome. And... I don't. I don't think they're nearly as popular now as they were back then. But golly, that was a that was a big ticket thing. So this is one of those fundraisers that we tried to do. And one of the other fundraising aspects of that was that we would have uh, the concessions, or and our class would do the concessions. So I remember Tommy Tarquinio was helping me, and I had a '64 Ford Galaxy 500, and. I was going to pick him up, and he lived down a kind of a bumpy road. And as I'm driving in my car, the, I, I don't know why I did this. It's not very smart. I had like 10 gallons of ketchup in the front seat and all the hot dogs and all the buns and the mustard all in the back seat in the trunk. The car was just full of stuff. Nobody had vans back then. They didn't exist. And... So the ketchup started to slide off of the seat, and I reached to grab it. And as I'm doing that, I pull the wheel down, and the car goes into the ditch. All this ketchup comes crashing down on me. And uh, I, well, I, so some lady across the street watches all this going on, and I literally have to crawl out of the, the car and... When I come out, I'm covered in ketchup, and she thinks I'm bleeding to death. That she gets hysterical, and so uh, the the long and short of it is, uh, we got, we we got a, a tow truck very quickly. They pulled me out, and I still went and picked up Tommy, and we we got to the gym, and were able to to sell concessions for the the um, the Globetrotter game. But. One of the things that if you were around in 1967 and you were living in northern Illinois, you would remember this freak snowstorm that we had. And the snowstorm, it was so fast and it was a, a real wet snow that the, the, the dome collapsed. Here's this brand new high school gymnasium, this spectacular structure as far as we're concerned. And I wasn't in it, but I had classmates that were waiting for the buses to take them home because they had canceled school early. So they tell the story, of course, in a very dramatic fashion. I'm surprised somebody didn't make a movie out of it because they, they talk about the hearing the creaking of the dome, which I'm sure was kind of 
dramatic and scary for them. But the way I'm, I'm not sure if it was quite as dramatic as they as they depicted it because they will tell you that they were they were started running out of the dome and the the dome the beams started to collapse behind them. Anyway, it was it was a very dramatic event for for all of us. That probably was the highlight of the fr the freshman year. That that uh, summer, uh, I think, was my first year. Might have been my only summer. I don't. I think I was I was partly caddying, but also I was working at Ordy's Cone Shop. I was a soda jerk. I'm sure a lot of people don't know what that means, but that's somebody who makes uh, malteds and milkshakes and banana splits. And Ordy had, I think. Ordy was a, the father of one of my dear friends in school, Dean Ortnow, and he hired Tom Fraley and I, who became a, a best friend. We would work in the cone shop. We were both soda jerks, and and uh, would, boy, that was a great job for the summer. Uh, you can't get much better than that, aside from being a caddy at, at, at a, a golf course, which is something I did as well. The next year, sophomore year, Oh, did I say I was elected to? Oh, yes, I, I mentioned that I was elected president. Well, sophomore year I ran again uh, for president, and I was elected again. And as I said, all of the fundraising that we would do was towards the the junior senior prom. All the money that we would raise as freshmen, sophomores, and juniors would be to put on the junior senior prom. So one of the things we did that year. So we had the the globe charters the year before. Then we had. My brother was in a rock and roll band called the Roving Kind. Uh, at the time, they eventually changed their name. But one of the other bands we have now, this wasn't our fundraiser; it was somebody else. They had the, a band that none of us had had heard of at the time. It was called REO Speedwagon, and REO Speedwagon came for a sock hop at my high school. That's the sort of a talent that we were drawing. <laughs> so, I think my. Well, nobody knew who the REO Speedwagon was back then. And, and uh, Rovenkind sort of had a, a, a little bit of a following because they um, were Southsiders. And so my brother agreed to play. I think, I don't know if they charged us anything, but we made $5,000 on that dance, which was an astronomical amount of money. I remember that very well. It was just an astronomical amount of money back then. Uh, so it was a very successful event. I was, I started in freshman year playing football. I, and one of the, one of the, I think, reasons that got me to, to stay with it is Rod Clark, this, this, our biology teacher and football coach, he was our coach. And you know, he, he, I don't know if he was the best of coaches, but golly, he made it fun. And I, I enjoyed playing football back then. And I, I, so I played both my freshman year and sophomore year and enjoyed it. The um, sophomore year, when in the spring, that I think it was this, I think it was the senior girls. I don't know if it was the junior girls or the senior girls. Anyway, they would vote for two sophomore men to go to prom, and we they were like they were the, called the sophomore class reps. And Tom Fraley and I both got chosen. Now, what I didn't know because nobody had cued me in is that you're expected to 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 ask one of your classmates to go, and I didn't. I asked a freshman girl. Apparently, that was. Very, very poor um, choice. 
she was Peggy Bima. She was a wonderful young woman, but that was I was supposed to ask another sophomore. But anyway, Tom and I went. We had we had great fun. I don't remember who he asked, but uh, it, you know that Tom Tom Fraley is still a very very close friend of mine. I'll talk about him more later. But one of the other things we did freshman year and sophomore year, especially this is when we started to do. Um, variety shows, school musicals. I was in several, although my brother Joseph was much better at the school musicals. I was in Music Man, uh, but I played in the orchestra for Brigadoon and Oliver. And we would do these variety shows. And this is another thing that Scooter got us to do. He got, he was very good at getting the guys who wouldn't normally do this sort of thing because we were all, you know, I was never, I would never call myself a jock, but you know, you get into this thing that guy, the, the guys, the, the athletes don't do these sorts of things, but he did. He got the, the starting quarterback and the starting fullback and the, the best guys on the basketball team and we all and we were all in these in these variety shows and he would put the the music together and one of them i just saw a picture i wish i could show pictures on these on these podcasts because it was just a fun thing there's about eight of us that and several of us are still good friends a couple of us have gone to god now but there was a a, a musical that we a piece that we did from oklahoma called poor judd and I have a picture of it, which I just saw a few days ago of that group. There was about eight or ten of us in there. It was a, it was a dance number and a, and a singing number doing Poor Judd. Enjoyed being with you again. I hope you will join me next week as well. And may our good and gracious God continue to bless you throughout this coming week.